Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is Brandon Saxton. And Katie Gordon. Katie, how are you doing on this dreary, dreary winter day? A little bit chilly, but otherwise fine. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm ready for it to decide what season it is. For folks who live in North Dakota, you know what I'm talking about. For, for everyone else, it cannot pick. So it was snowing a couple days ago, last night and today it's raining. I like the rain, but I'm ready for it to just choose a season so I know how to dress appropriately for the temperature because I feel like it was about a week or two ago there were motorcycles all over and now it, it's just freezing, so I don't it's know. It's very confusing. I believe it was a couple of years ago that Fargo was nominated as the roughest weather city. I think a big oh, I part believe of that, that was unpredictability. Absolutely. So. It's certainly... Which I don't think is a word, but not being predictable, I'll rephrase it. Well done. Well, nice catch. <laughs> I, that's one of my signature things is to use non-real words and, <laughs> and not correct myself. So... You're already a step ahead of me. That's how new words are created. That's true. Uh, we have to expand our lexicon by just creating new words, not learning existing ones. <laughs> I think that's true. All right, so we can get started with our classic uh, current events segment. And I think I just have one thing today. I don't know if there's anything else. Um, but one thing that I have been reading and seeing a little bit about um, as an Arrow fan, and maybe before I talk about this, the four-part crossover is happening really soon this week or next week i think so this is a four show crossover episode it's taking up the whole week and covering arrow flash supergirl and dc legends they're all having a crossover episode so it's going to be like almost like a movie in length when you consider it's four 40 minute episodes it's kind of cool yeah i've I've seen some really really neat pictures yeah so so, having only watched some of all of those shows, mm-hmm. you don't think I can go right into the four-way crossover? I, I'm probably not. Um, you <laughs> might be really missing some it. context, yeah. but I, I, you probably could try it. I, How about if I watch it, and while I'm doing that, I just keep asking you questions about what it all means? That sounds perfect. I, I think you'll enjoy that I, experience I, a that lot. That would be really great, especially considering the... I mean, it's like a week's worth of TV. So I assume there will be more than a couple (laughs) questions. That's at least six, seven hundred questions. I can't wait. Uh, But uh, more specifically, what I was thinking about for this week's current events is actually something kind of interesting that I noticed. And I thought maybe we could explore our thoughts on it. I'm not sure that we'll have that many. Um, For fans of Arrow uh, or fans of this podcast, you might know that I'm a big fan of the show Arrow and the lead actor, Stephen Amell. Um, I think he's a great actor. I think Oliver Queen is a great character. And what I think is so cool about Steven is how he uses his fan base to really try to make a positive difference. He does at least an annual fundraiser. He's given just an incredible amount of money to cancer uh, research and cancer charities. He was actually, I think, a board member on one of the cancer uh, research charities or one i don't remember exactly what the name and of his it. mom had cancer yep that right? i believe so yep so that was part of the motivation yeah so every year he um he's done a few different so he's done cancer he's done some uh fundraising for veterans and some i think maybe for i think it was like kind of a joint one where they were trying to get shelter animals to veterans to kind of help with both populations oh, nice. yeah so he's done a lot of different stuff but the majority has been for cancer and uh, every year they develop some sort of logo and he sells hats and cups and shirts and uh gives away a certain like maybe he'll have someone come and have lunch with them or something uh if you donate a certain amount of money you can get into this drawing or something like that he's raised 
I think millions of dollars. So I know on Facebook, yeah, he has millions of likes or followers or fans on Facebook. So he has a really just a a very large audience through which he can do this fundraising. And it is inspirational. And I think it's such a really wonderful example of someone who's using the resources that they have to try to do something really positive. And, And I just think that's great. Yeah, and he, and I... I think I am on Snapchat. I follow him or whatever it's called. And also Facebook and Twitter. And he seems to interact with fans a lot more than other people. He'll do live videos and respond to comments and things like that. And really Mm -hmm. does a nice job of trying to do that, which I'm always impressed by because I'm sure he's super busy. Oh, absolutely. And especially when you think about the sheer number of individuals who are reaching out to him at any given time. I mean, there's no way he could respond to everyone. But you do see him does make an effort to try to respond to maybe the first few comments mm-hmm. that he gets on Facebook. And he does do pretty regular live streams on Facebook. Uh, he does do a lot of, like, conventions and pictures and stuff like that. So I think you're right. He is really accessible. Um, but I also think that maybe that accessibility has a downside. And that's what I was thinking we could talk a little bit about today. Uh, so fans of Arrow might... Uh, spoilers, I suppose, for the show Arrow... Uh, sorry, Katie, there might be some spoilers for you. I know you're not totally I'm caught up. I'm still on season one. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> have been for a while, the, so I think it's only my fault if sure. I'm not caught up at this point. Okay, so uh, the first couple seasons, uh, Oliver had uh, different love interests, uh, um, but eventually he started to have a relationship with one of the main characters named Felicity, and there was a very large fan base who was kind of shipping for this sort of relationship to happen. And there's these sort of fan bases with a lot of TV shows, but I really just kind of became familiar with this one because I was so invested in the show. And For uh, listeners who are unfamiliar mm-hmm. with the term shipping, should mm-hmm. we define that? Sure, because I'm largely unfamiliar with it myself. No, <laughs> I, uh, really what it just means, and I'm sure someone can define it better than I can, but you're just kind of uh, hoping that two individuals will end up in a romantic relationship with one another. Exactly, yeah. and it's just taking the last syllable of the word relationship and yes. making it a verb. Yep. Word making up. Word making up. Happening uh, all the time. Happening all over the place. Uh, look for the Jedi Council Dictionary coming out in 2017. <laughs> but don't look up Jedi Council in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> don't do that. We, we are not associated or uh, involved with that definition. We didn't contribute that. No. Uh, but we did find it after we named the podcast yes. and blog. So anyway... Uh, so folks are shipping uh, Olicity, Olicity, I, I don't know how it's pronounced, Oliver and Felicity. Eventually they do end up in a relationship, and uh, for quite a while, I think the show, this is my personal opinion, and I think the opinion of, of several others, the show really dropped in quality because it became really, really focused on exploring every dynamic of this romantic relationship and not really about superheroes or saving the city or doing these good things which is what the show the first two seasons are really about there's it really became like a sort of a drama like relationship drama show and you know what those sort of shows are just fine i don't have any problem with that but this was like supposed to be a comic book show and it became a lot more about relationships and the ratings suffered because of that so that is really interesting because, for example, I've heard Kevin Smith talk about the movies that he makes when he's trying, he doesn't care much about popularity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he cares, but he doesn't change what he's doing because of it, which I admire a lot. But one of the ingredients I've heard him talk about is that you add this relationship in it, but it sounds like maybe that that was overdone and it wasn't 
to the point where it was really it's okay if you kind of have that as part of the story but it mm-hmm. was distracting from some of the main very much book so stuff. Okay. very much so the show changed tone significantly okay. i think and it came, got to a point where a lot of people were calling it felicity and friends uh. not oliver <laughs> anymore because the uh <clears throat> it got to the point where there was very little green arrow mm-hmm. uh you hardly saw oliver shooting his bow at all um, and the show is really much focused on Felicity and almost like her family and relationship dynamics. And uh, the sort of comic book elements were a side plot. Hmm. And it really, I didn't enjoy it as much anymore. And I was really disappointed because it was my favorite show. Um, and ultimately, the these people who are shaping for this relationship were so incredibly happy. Because this is exactly what they wanted. And uh, But a lot of the comic book fans weren't happy anymore. And, and like I said, the ratings suffered because of that. Um, but this last season, there's been a real return to form uh, with it feeling a lot more like the earlier seasons. It's a lot more about helping the city and and doing these heroic things again and a lot less about the relationship dynamics. And a part of that is uh, Oliver and Felicity are not in, involved anymore in the relationship. Um, <clears throat> they were engaged in season, earlier seasons. The engagement ended and uh, Felicity has a new significant other. And uh, Oliver's just focusing on being the mayor of the city and being uh, the master vigilante, um, the Green Arrow. Um, And now it's gotten to the point where the uh, old fans um, who were shipping Oliver and Felicity are wildly upset about this. Just like the comic book fans were upset before. Only this has really taken an interesting sort of turn in being upset. In that they are directly attacking... Stephen Amell and uh, and his family over this, which is so interesting and and it's terrible. Horrible. It's it horrible. Really I just it it is beyond me. I could understand if there are a few people who are having a hard time with Absolutely. something fictional, but it surprises me that there is a large enough group of people yeah. that are taking this fictional, clearly fictional, mm-hmm. clearly fictional, and having these. Feelings attached to it, like, fine, we feel passionately for Absolutely. fictional stories. I but can relate to that. To harass the actors mm-hmm. about it, uh, just, uh, that's hard for me to understand. It's so bizarre. And uh, just to, maybe for a couple examples, mm-hmm. Oliver, or Oliver, now I'm doing Uh-oh. it. Stephen was at a convention recently. It is, I, I'm heading down the trail. Stephen was at a convention uh, recently. There's a video you can find of this online. And a woman asked a question, and I don't remember verbatim what she said, but it was something along the lines of, how could he do such a disservice to the fans to allow the Elicity relationship to end? And uh, I thought he had a really nice response, because I can imagine uh, if someone confronted me like that, I might mm-hmm. be I might be pushed onto the defense a little bit or, mm-hmm. or be a, a little hot in the face about it. But he responded really eloquently, I thought, and uh, really kind of talked about how... Oliver and Felicity aren't defined by their romantic relationships. And, like, is that really all that they wanted Felicity to be was just a romantic partner? No, she's a lot more than that. And how they're still working together as a team for the greater good of the city. And that's what their original goal was. And that they recognized that uh, what they're working towards is bigger than just the two of them. And I thought that was really well said. Yeah, that's a great response. It's very thoughtful and it talks about... The depth of the show and maybe yeah. what has helped increase the quality recently. Absolutely. And especially to, to come up with that right on the fly, I thought mm-hmm. it was so well done. And he also talked about how 
the show isn't made for any one specific group of fans. It's made for everyone. Um, and he's also had to come on, and he posted something today on Facebook about it. You can see this on his personal Facebook page, on which he's very personally active. There's a lot of mm-hmm. Facebook pages where it's very obvious that the celebrity is not running it. Mm-hmm. But he is very personal on his and does a lot of live streams and posts and very interactive with fans like we've kind of talked about. And uh, he posted something about just, you know, trying to remind people that he isn't Oliver Queen. He isn't uh, He isn't even a writer on the show. He's an actor. He might have a little say in the direction that it goes, but ultimately it's up to the writers and producers and directors of the show what happens. Um, because it's gotten to the point now where... His wife has been receiving death threats because that's just so yeah. unacceptable. And uh, it's it's just I don't know I don't have a lot of sense if this happens with other shows or if uh, Arrow fans are just really diehard and just that passionate. But it is unbelievable that his family is getting threatened, uh, is receiving threats because fans perceive his real life family as being a threat to his. TV relationship. A number of problems in there, but also it makes me sad to think that he might feel inclined to be less interactive with fans. Mm-hmm. Again, I know this isn't the majority, but the fact that it's not just a few people, if he's yeah. responding to it's obviously more than five or ten well, people. You have to imagine, because, and I, forgive me, I can't remember, I think he has almost like four million likes on Facebook. So if there's enough of a group out of that four million that it's noticeable that he needs to respond to it, you have to imagine that's mm-hmm. a sizable group. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, it doesn't even necessarily need to be that sizable. Death threats are death threats, and they're not okay, um, no matter the number. But, yeah, it's just so bizarre to me, and, and really unfortunate for someone who tries to be accessible and is really doing these good things to have his family, and, and he really is... He's really a family guy. You can tell that in all mm-hmm. his Instagram and Snapchat and stuff. He really is a family guy, and it's obvious how important that is to him. So to have that uh, happen to him, it must be just so disheartening. And it has happened before where he's just said, you know what, uh, see you later, Facebook, and he's just dropped off of social mm-hmm. media. And I, who can blame him? Yeah, really? and I've seen other people do that too because you do kind of have to protect yourself and your your own well-being. And, you know, it's not... The idea of not being happy with the way a show goes is not unusual. That's why there's a lot of fan fiction about yeah. stuff, right? They can rewrite the story and things like that. But when it's getting to the point of death threats or interfering with uh, understanding of reality, then that's of concern. And I bet this has happened to some extent all along, but maybe with the Internet and especially with an actor who's so accessible, it's just easier to portray these messages. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know... If before the internet, people would write letters, but they were screened or something like that, yeah. or it took a lot of extra effort people weren't willing to make. That's and a that great was point. just enough effort for it to not happen. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. Yeah, but anyways, uh, that's something that was in the current events, mm-hmm. so I just thought it might be an interesting thing to talk about. Definitely. Uh, from a mental health perspective, I don't really know what to say about having such a large group of people be so invested in 
or maybe rather having such a large group of people ha- struggling to differentiate between reality and fiction so much. It, it's certainly interesting and something to think about, I think. Yeah, that's something I'd have to look more into. I bet someone's written something about it. You would certainly imagine so, and if not, we certainly will. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll be the first. All right, so on to a more lighthearted things. Our second uh, episode in our Dr. Horrible sing-along blog trilogy. If you're going to listen along with us, go ahead and pull it up, Act 2. Uh, we're going to start it here in three... Available on YouTube. Yeah. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> Available on YouTube, uh, which is so handy. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead and uh, pull it up on YouTube. We're going to start it here in three, two, one, and start. All right. And where we left off last time was that Captain Hammer had saved Penny from the vehicle because it coincidentally was stopped and he pushed her into garbage. Yeah, and... Uh, if I remember right, Dr. Horrible stopped the van, but it, Captain Hammer got the credit. Exactly, and they show some early signs of Penny looking smitten with Captain Hammer, who well, appears to be a kind person. With those muscles. Well, <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? That's true. That's the other part of it. So uh, Dr. Horrible is really upset because his arch nemesis and his love interest seem to have connected. And... This is actually my favorite song in the whole musical, um, My Eyes. Oh, Can yeah. Can I Believe My Eyes? I think it's called My Eyes. It but, is, um, yeah. The duet with Neil Patrick, Her- well, with Penny and Dr. Horrible, and it's just, their voices together are fantastic, but I also like the contrasting perspectives of Dr. Horrible and so much pain and Penny kind of giving this optimistic, positive view because she is falling for Captain Hammer. Yeah. So I do like that. Um, and Felicia Day's voice is just awesome. She is a wonderful. So Captain so. Hammer's kind of nice to her. Do you think that's genuine, like he really likes her? Or what do you think the deal is? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, that smile looks genuine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, my perception of Captain Hammer is he's a little bit more superficial. I think he likes being a hero. He likes the perks. He He likes being popular. I don't know. That's kind of my perception of him. I think he's a little more shallow than maybe Penny is understanding. Exactly. You can see him now. They're eating in the homeless shelter and also um, Dr. Horrible is in the background. Oh, Grumbly <laughs> serving the soup, <laughs> which is awesome. Oh, <laughs> that glare, the though. Oh, he missed the bowl there. Folks will have to just, forgive me because I'm going to have a coughing fit from laughing. I can tell already. Which is really good. He's just really... Watching and see, this is now Captain Hammer is taking Doctor Horrible's move by getting frozen yogurt, which he likes. He's now secretly behind a bush. But anyway, I don't need to narrate the whole thing. But everything's just so clever. It really is. <laughs> so while they were eating the homeless shelter, though, it did not Whoa. seem like Captain Hammer really um, was enjoying the experience. He seemed no. to kind of be faking it. And like same here, said, like he didn't really like those uh, ducks or geese getting close to him. Yeah, exactly. And this is what I love because they're both singing I Cannot Believe My Eyes, but it's with totally expressing different things where Dr. Horrible's talking about how evil and bad things are in Penny. Can't believe her eyes at how good the world has become. It's really interesting and certainly says something maybe, well, maybe I'm reading too far into it, but it is interesting to think about perspectives and and, uh, the importance of empathy and looking Mm -hmm. at the world through other people's eyes because things can 
be perceived really differently by different people, even at the same events, you know. So. Exactly. And I just love the storytelling part of it where they're both saying the same sentence but meaning completely different things. That's a That's a Joss Whedon That is a Joss classic. Whedon thing. It is. It is. It's, it's fantastic. So they're doing laundry now, and, oh, maybe I had it the order reversed. Perhaps Billy is... He's Captain, Captain Hammer's idea. Frozen yogurt move, um, but yeah, they're they're trying to chat. So one thing that I that I was thinking about, we didn't talk a ton about psychology last time, which is fine. We mm. talk about different stuff on here. Um, is the idea I was thinking about Doctor Horrible, how he wants to be in the Evil League of Evil, and Penny kind of her values are more about being good and helping people. And I started thinking about. Higgins' self-discrepancy theory in psychology, sure, which talks about how we all have ideal selves, ideas of how we want to be, So, and it varies by people. So I mentioned they want to be good or bad, these two characters, but for other people can be things like funny, smart, intelligent, kind, that we have those ideals, but then we have the way that we perceive ourselves. So for example... If someone, it's important for them to be smart, but they don't perceive themselves as very smart, then that would be considered a discrepancy Mm -hmm. between the ideal and actual. And what's really interesting to me in therapy is seeing how people respond so differently to those discrepancies. Some people use it as motivation. So Dr. Horrible here, he wants to be evil. He doesn't feel, I don't think he's fully confident in his evil. No. So he's making these clear efforts to get more in line with his ideal because it bothers him so he's kind of motivated it's not for a great cause but Mm -hmm. he's motivated nonetheless whereas other people when they feel they're not the way they're supposed to feel they just they feel discouraged and and so in therapy it's really about kind of finding a way to frame that discrepancy in a way that's positive just reminded me a little bit of kylo ren I bet he's experiencing a lot of self-discrepancy and wants to be more evil than than he actually is. I bet you're right. What do you think his ideal self-descriptors would be? Oh, uh, I think if you describe Darth Vader, that would be exactly the the direction he tries to go. So that's very interesting. Yeah, and when he has any idea that other people view that as differently, or he himself views that as differently, like when Ray, for example, is having so much impact on Mm -hmm. him, I bet he's experiencing discrepancy. And his motivation... Well, he just kind of acts out impulsively in yeah, response yeah. to that. He does rededicate himself to evil, though. Yep. Yeah. In therapy, we're not usually trying to get people to rededicate themselves to we evil, aren't? though. Oh, boy. <laughs> We've been doing this all oh, wrong. Man. <laughs> no, I like to think it's more like Penny. She has this value of being good and contributing, and we try to help people to effectively do that. Um, but... The other thing that comes with these standards, I work sometimes, um, I've worked with people with eating disorders, and sometimes their ideal self is unrealistically thin. Yeah. So some some approaches don't actually have to do with getting towards your ideal. They have to do with changing your ideal to something that's more realistic. Sure. What do you think Moist, we're back, <laughs> we're back to Moist, what do you think his ideal self is? Ugh. Dry, dryer. Dryer. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's the main thing. How do you think they made him? Do you think they just sprayed him down with something? Yeah, like, I don't know. Does it look like disgusting. he's actively? Does he look like he's actively sweating? They really had a pro apply the sweat to him. Do you think <laughs> it's real sweat? Uh, I don't know. Is he that sweaty of a guy? I don't think Maybe so. Maybe they really. You mean other people's sweat? Yeah, <laughs> like they just collected it in like a jar to make it and authentic. just dabbed it on his face. Perhaps. But hopefully not. <laughs> 
And we're back to the, the laundromat. They're doing laundry and, and eating frozen yogurt. Looks like they're connecting. But what would you <laughs> say if Dr. Horrible came in, Katie, and he uh, had, you know, questions? I could see this potentially happening. Someone like Dr. Horrible who wants to have a relationship with someone but is failing. Have, has that ever come up in session? And, and how would you address something like that, do you think? Well, in this case, I, we talked about this a little last time, but I might wonder about compatibility mm -hmm. uh, because it seems like their ideal selves are pulling them in different directions. Mm -hmm. However, because Penny's ideal of being kind and not evil is more pro-social, then I could see using a therapeutic technique called motivational interviewing, which you're familiar mm -hmm. with, but listeners, if you're not, it's a strategy where you use, where you kind of look for inner motivation um, and try to elicit it to help people move towards healthier outcomes. Yeah. And I would probably give it a try. I don't know if it would be effective because mm -hmm. it has to come from within the person to see if he might channel some of his pro-social kind feelings and move more in that direction. But if not, ultimately, I don't think they're a good match. <laughs> At this point in the story, do you think it's more important for uh, Dr. Horrible to be evil or to have a relationship with Penny? I think his actions suggest the evil because mm -hmm. he clearly really cares about her, but his plotting has not stopped. No. I would agree with you. I think, I think that stays pretty consistent throughout. And ultimately, it's probably a big reason why... Things will never happen with Penny. It's true. Yeah, it is. It is amazing though. He doesn't really soften on that. So, do you, she seems to have some affection towards him and their she, chats and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, it looks like they're about to kiss right now, right in the laundry. But then she remembers, oh, Captain Hammer, which I'm sure really hurts because, yeah. man, if all of a sudden your arch nemesis. I know I would be disappointed if my arch nemesis. <laughs> Was dating the person who I was interested in. I agree. And then the other part of it is that Billy knows... Well, I guess the same could be said about Captain Hammer, but Billy knows Captain Hammer's not as great as she currently perceives him. Right. Though Captain Hammer knows that Dr. Horrible isn't that great. So. Yes. Why do you think he's called Captain Hammer? Uh, that's a very good question. Maybe, I don't know if the shirt came after the nickname or <laughs> vice versa. I feel like Captain Hammer would be an easy Halloween costume. Yeah, that's true. You order the Hammer shirt. Mm -hmm. He doesn't work out, so you just naturally yeah. <laughs> get those muscles as he points out. <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Fillion is so talented. <laughs> He's awesome. I loved him as Captain Mal in Firefly. Oh, man. He was great. We probably need to talk a little bit about Firefly on the really show at should. some point. The first time I watched it was kind of a binge watch around Thanksgiving, so maybe okay. with Thanksgiving coming up, I could uh, rededicate myself. It's only that one season, and the yeah, movie, of and course. Yeah, it is disappointing that there is only one season, but you can cruise through it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Twelve episodes, I think. I think so. Yeah. That sounds about right. And now he's making it clear. Did you ever read any of the Firefly comics? Sorry, I'm stuck uh, on Firefly. Now. No, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I I have one, and I did read it, okay. and I liked it. How about you? I haven't, but it probably would be worth it. I really, well, I really like space stuff, obviously. So yeah. I got one for free comic book day too. Oh, I wonder I don't if I did. I read it. I bet I maybe have one. I think I grabbed like doubles of every free <laughs> comic. So it's important to do that. 
Look at how angry Dr. Horrible looks I right know. now. See, Captain Hammer is being real arrogant oh, yeah. and mean and kind of rubbing it in his face that Penny and he are, are together and he's not with Dr. Horrible, so, you I'm know. Not, you'll have to forgive me because it's been a while since I've watched it. Does Captain Hammer know he's Dr. Horrible right now? It seems like okay. he does because he says, you look horribly familiar. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, that is just funny. Well, oh. now, now that Dr. Horrible has had this romantic relationship rubbed in his face, he seems more committed to evil than ever before. This is my favorite song in the this is uh, a good series. One. Oh, Brand New Day. Yeah, yeah. it is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> All the birds are singing that you're going to die. <laughs> it's... I mean... The lyrics are pretty great. They and, really are. Oh, man. And they're showing all these... See, it's so unfair, though, because Captain Hammer just naturally does all Posing this stuff. Posing for the pictures. Posing as he punches Dr. Like a, Santa's like a there. true bully. Like, just not not nice. No. Do you think Dr. Horrible was picked on, and that's why he's become evil? I do. I don't think that happens to most victims of bullying, but he seems to really have this specific... Disdain. He's throwing darts at a picture of Captain Hammer. He missed them all, so he just goes up within a half an inch and shoves the darts in. It's, I mean, it's effective. <laughs> it really does. And I, that's a huge chair, and he's going to give Penny the keys to Australia. Inexplicably, I said that wrong. Large chair. <laughs> and now he's a giant. Yeah, he. But this is the interesting thing, is because do you think he thinks it's going to impress Penny I if d- he's evil? I d- yeah, I do, and which I think is a really a misread of her. <laughs> a huge miss. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right because you could pr- interpret this as he just like is over it and he's just going to go for evil, forget about Penny. But I think the fact that he's saying that he's going to give her the keys to Australia suggests that he believes she's going to be interested in him. Once he uh, can become evil supreme and defeat Captain Hammer, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder how he could be so off. I mean, the whole reason she even likes Captain Hammer is because she incorrectly believes, due to his deception, that he's a good person. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Horrible, come talk to us for relationship advice because we've got some tips for you on what to look for yep. and uh, how to perceive things a little more accurately. He's not... Uh, he's not rooted in reality no. with this one. He he's got some misperceptions and some cognitive distortions about I think himself and his relationship with Penny and maybe who Penny is as a person mostly. Yeah, I think so. Yep. And that is the conclusion of Act Two. All right. Well, thanks again, folks, for listening. In. I'm saving up those good, good pearls of wisdom for our f- conclusion coming up next week. Uh, you can find us on our website, www.jedicouncil.com, jedi-council.com. Uh, you can find links there to our Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Podbean page. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes podcast apps. If you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a review. We appreciate everyone who's reviewed us. And we appreciate if you're tweeting about us and letting your friends know that we're doing some kind of funny, kind of nerdy, kind of interesting things. And uh, we hope you'll keep listening in, and we'll see you next week for the epic conclusion to our Dr. Horrible trilogy. <laughs>